You gonna clean the papers up? Not me. Oh no. No. Granny did it last year. Well, you can do it again. Hmm. You know, this wine's not bad. Well, it's not good either, but you want to sip? Yeah. No, you don't. Oh. Did you have a nice Christmas? Yeah, pretty nice. Yeah, did you get everything you wanted? Mm, almost. <laughs> almost, huh? Mm. Well, that's, that's, that's life. Well, there's always next Christmas. Yeah. Mm. Hey, that's funny. What's that over there behind the desk? Where? Oh, behind the desk against the wall over there. Why don't you go check it out? Hmm. What have we put over there, honey? I have, I have a Santa Claus probably. Right? say those things are dangerous. Shut up. Put on your galoshes and your coat. It's cold out. I've... I had one when I was eight years old. What if he hurts himself? Hey. Tell me, your coat! Don't shoot any animals or birds. Except the bumpers' dogs. Except the bumpers' dogs. How many times did everybody get to see that movie this season? I, we don't have cable. Does it still play on TBS for 24 hours? Some of you are, so you probably are sick of that by now. Um, it is one of my favorites. Um, I, I love it because there's a lot of things that it captures about Christmas uh, from a worldly standpoint, um, but still there's, there's aspects of family and, and just the fun. And, and I think all of us uh, have had that moment where you got exactly what you wanted for Christmas. Um, I think for all of us, uh, we've, we've seen that in our kids or we've seen that ourselves where we're like, oh my gosh, this is the best Christmas ever. Now, I, I remember back, uh, it's been a few years now, um, when that happened to me. I got my BB gun already, so that was out of the, out of the way. Uh, whole funny story there. I also got a pocket knife uh, the same morning, and that was what my mom was worried about, was the pocket knife, not the BB gun. And as I was opening the BB gun, I stabbed myself in the leg. 
I kept that a secret from my mom for a decade and a half. I just, I'm like, oops, put my hand over the, I gotta go to the bathroom, ran to the bathroom, put a Band-Aid on. I'm sure she saw my pajama pants with the hole in it and the whole deal. But uh, the BB gun and pocket knife were not my, that was not my Christmas story morning. Mine was in 1984, December of 1984. And I love music. Um, it is one of, it's just one of the things that's always kind of driven me through life. Some of you got to hear um, my testimony on Christmas Eve. Uh, <clears throat> I did band, uh, I, I actually majored in musical theater uh, in college, and uh, so I love music, and uh, I can, you, you say a song, I can tell you what year it was because something happened in my life. Well, in 1984, it was really easy. That was the year that I got my first Boombox. <clears throat> now, I put in 1984-85 Boombox, and this was like number three on the list, and that is exactly my Boombox. That is the one that I got. I'm like, it must have been a popular Boombox. Some of you kids are going, what is that thing? But it's funny because they're coming back. I saw some pictures of ones that are built now where you can slide your iPod or your iPhone into it. Oh, what I wouldn't do for one of those. But I loved this thing, okay? You would listen to the radio. Some of you can, you can totally relate. You'd listen to the radio. You'd wait for the DJ to stop, and then you would start recording with your mixtape. I would make tape after. I'd pretend I was a DJ. Um, <clears throat> but that wasn't the only thing I got that year. You see, with a boombox, you also have to have music. Um, and kids, they were called tapes. <laughs> they were about this big. Um, and... They, they were a hot mess compared to what we have now. You'd have to take a pencil and pull in the tape. I had <laughs> that boombox, actually. It lasted a long time. I had a Jeep <clears throat> that didn't have a radio on it, so I bungee corded that thing to the roll bar. I can't tell you how many tapes were on the floor, just the ribbon all over the place. <laughs> Growing up, kids, we would see them on the side of the road because people would get so angry, they'd just throw them out the window and they'd be tangled up in the weeds. But I had to have music. So that year, in 1984, um, two incredible albums came out. Um, one was a soundtrack, uh, and one was one of the all-time greatest bands ever known. And it's easy to remember because one of them was Van Halen's 1984. That's the actual name of the album. I actually cut off the bottom of that. Some of you parents know what was on the bottom of that. I'm going to leave it alone. You can tell your kids later. Um, <clears throat> but Ghostbusters also came out that year. Incredible music. I played the snot out of those tapes. Um, I loved it. I woke up that morning and I saw the box. I saw the size. I knew exactly what was in it. I knew that it was a boom box. I'd been asking for like three years for a tape player. In my stocking, I shook the stocking, and of course, the size of the tapes was exactly what I thought they would be. And I opened them up, and I remember sitting there. I don't think, it took me probably 12, 15 minutes before I started opening any other gifts. I had that thing out. I had Ghostbusters in there playing. I'm listening to the music. My mom is sick and tired of it. She's like, turn on some Christmas music. I'm like, nope, I want Van Halen. Um, <clears throat> but I loved it. And then I moved on to the other stuff. Now, oftentimes we get things that we really want, but I, would, I, I even know what happened here. A couple days later, I moved on to something else. I, I would say that most of us have experienced the after Christmas letdown, as I like to call it. 
Some of you, as parents, are going, we're already in it. They'd rather play with the box than the toy it came in. Okay? You know, that's, that's just how things are. Because here's the deal. That stuff, all those things, a Red Rider BB gun, that is not life-giving. It may be fun for a season. You know, that boombox was the only music I had until I graduated high school in my truck. It's just so sad. But again, it doesn't fulfill the inner need. And I think that's why by this day after Christmas, two, three, four days after Christmas, we're like, oh, it's over? <laughs> now, some of you are going, it's over. But usually it's, it's the other way around. You're like, gosh, we built up, and now we build up from before Thanksgiving. We build up into Christmas. And I think part of it even is a spiritual aspect of it. We as Christians, westernized Christian culture, builds up into Christmas. We do the same thing with Easter. For Christmas, we call it Advent. And so what we're going to do, <laughs> I know it seems out of order, but we're going to talk about Advent today. We don't necessarily focus too much in on it as a church, but it's a, a tradition that's been around for a long time. Those Sundays coming in in preparation and coming in to Christmas. So we're going to take a look at that today. Let's pray. Father God, I am just so thankful for what we did experience this past week in celebrating and worshiping you and the gift of your son. Father, I pray that we wouldn't let that fade. Father, that, that we wouldn't have an after-Christmas faith let down. So we give you this morning, Lord, pray that your word would strike at our heart. In your dear son's name, amen. So, <clears throat> Advent. You guys are going to have to uh, uh, forgive me. Um, for some reason, my printer wasn't working, so I'm working off of this. Hopefully, it doesn't die on me. Um, <clears throat> but I'm going to be, I'm getting older, and I don't have glasses yet. Uh, so I'm going to have to be squeezing and pinching and that sort of stuff. But Advent is the, the few weeks before uh, Sunday. How many of you in here actually still celebrate Advent in your house? Does anybody do that? In our house, we have a Christmas tree specifically for Advent. And we do Advent readings every day from that Sunday after Thanksgiving until Christmas. Um, and Advent is really, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's an old word uh, from the word Adventus. It's a Latin word, and it just means coming. It means coming. And so what we do during Advent is we, we celebrate, we, we acknowledge the coming of Christ. It's, it's also, it has a, a deeper meaning. Um, parousia is the, it's a Greek term that takes it beyond just the coming to the coming of the Christ. So, so for Advent, for a lot of folks, it's this time of, of leaning into knowing that, gosh, Christ is coming. Israel had been waiting for the Messiah. And here's one of the sad parts of this. They missed it. They missed it. But I would say that there's something important about Advent beyond that. Because we, oftentimes when it comes to Christmas, we have the, and Easter, we have these mountaintop experiences. I shared my testimony uh, on Christmas Eve, and I, I shared the moment where it was real for me. Where I surrendered my life to Christ. That was a mountaintop. Some people don't have mountaintop experiences in their salvation. My wife would say that she didn't. 
But I would say, after we come to know Christ, there's many mountaintops. In our Christian calendar, we have Christmas Easter. The coming of, the coming of you know, faith to us. The, the realization of giving our lives away to something bigger than us. Seeing our kids come to know Jesus or someone we have walked the walk with. We have these mountaintop experiences. But here's the deal. Mountaintops, summits, around this world, the only thing that's on the top of most of the highest summits are flags and graves. Because mountaintops experiences is not where we stay. You know, when people summit Everest or K2, they don't say, all right, I'm here, I'm staying. They come back down to the real world, and that is where life is. Sometimes in faith and Christianity, we also make these, these moments in time, mountaintop experiences. We get behind a, a boycott of a Starbucks cup. You know, silliness. When you look at it, we find a new cause to jump behind. You know, I, thought, I think a couple years ago it was the Robertsons. We, we can find them all the way back. There's these moments where we rally. No, you're not going after my Chick-fil-A. We don't live there, folks. It's the day in and day out stuff. The stuff that we have labeled as mundane is where life truly is and happens. And if we understand how to be Advent people, we'll live there. We'll live in those moments. We're going to look at things uh, out of Hebrews 10. So if everybody wants to turn there, Hebrews 10, um, verse 19 is where we're going to start. Give you a little background on Hebrews. So Hebrews, we there's lots of speculation who the author is. We're not going to get tied up in that right now. But when we look at Hebrews, there's there's this underlying tone of this group of folks. We assume because one of the title, but also of the the tone uh, and and the the content of Hebrews, that they're speaking to a group of Messianic Jews, folks who converted from Judaism into Christianity, folks who lived their entire life out of the law. They lived their entire life memorizing that, learning about the prophets. They lived their whole life in this, in this zone that was, that was normal for them. And now they have come to know Christ. They have given their lives. They have surrendered themselves to Christ, who he is and what he means, what he's done for them. And now they're experiencing some tough times. So what's happened is the author of Hebrews is encouraging them. He's saying to them, listen, don't give up. Don't give up. They wanted to run back to what was comfortable and normal. And also what was acceptable. Judaism at this time was still acceptable in the eyes of the rulers. Later on, Jews get lumped in with Christians because of their similarities. But at this time, the Hebrew people here, these folks, were getting scared because they're watching their friends be persecuted for Christ. And they're about ready to give up. And the writer of Hebrews comes in, we're starting 19, it says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living the way that he opened up for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean 
from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For, the, <clears throat> for he who promised is faith. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day, and I want you to notice the D should be capitalized for you, drawing near. These folks are scared. They're scared. And the author of Hebrews comes in and he starts a process of saying, listen, what you're experiencing now is temporary. What you're experiencing now is scary. But let's be encouraged by Christ. Let's be encouraged by what he's done for us. This is his thing. He's done all the heavy lifting, folks. We, we sit in this kind of period of time in Christmas where we look at baby, and he's, baby Jesus and he's so fragile and small, but that's God with skin on. He's got this. The Hebrew people needed to be reminded of that, so the first thing that we see there is be encouraged. Philippians 1.16 says this, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus started this process. We didn't. We're the motivation for his love. But he started the process, and he is going to complete it. So what the author is saying to these folks is, listen, don't give up, don't run yet. Remember why you came to this point. And then he goes on a little bit later, and that's why I wanted to highlight uh, in verse 25, the day. See, he's telling these people to be Advent people. He's saying to them, listen, don't give up now because the day. And you know, my wife and I always laugh when everybody says the Ohio State University. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah. I laugh at it. I go up to their face and I go, I went to the University of Akron. But <clears throat> it doesn't hold the same power, does it? Unless you're talking soccer. Um, <clears throat> but the day. The author of Hebrews is saying, get ready because there is going to be this day, the day, Jesus is coming back, his second coming, the parousia that we talked about, the second coming of the Christ. The author is saying, I want you to be Advent people, not just for a few Sundays before the celebration of Jesus' birth. I want you to be Advent people every day. I want you to wake up and be encouraged that he died for you, gave you eternal life, and that he's coming back. I want you to wake up every day going, I'm waiting. Is today the day? Capital D. And if it's not, is tomorrow the day? I want to live for the day. I want to be excited about what Christ is doing right now. You see, if we wake up every morning as Advent people, if we wake up every morning going, I am excited for what Christ has done and will do, it will change our outlook on life. Our perspective will be switched. It's one of my big, gosh, I've been sitting in this for, for probably over a year and a half now, this idea of perspective. I taught on it in First Peter as well. It says, you know, we've got to flip maybe some of the stuff that we've grown up with. These folks are being asked to. These, these Jews are being asked to. They're now being told, listen, the law is still very important, but you don't live by the law. You live in Christ. And for us, 
We get caught up in the highs all the time in Christian culture. We get caught up in those moments where we can back something. Hear, hear this. We've already got something to back every day, and that's Christ and what he's done and will do. We've got to change our perspective. We need to go, okay, how do I wake up in the morning? Uh, how do I look at every day as we're coming into the new year? How do I look at every year and go, I want to be an Advent person that's living for Christ, knowing that he's coming back for me. His scripture says, I tell you this because it's true. And he speaks of building this house for us, and in it is many rooms, and I go to prepare a room for you. I tell you that because it's true. I've not found Christ to be a liar. One of the many reasons I want to be an Advent person. When we're looking at encouragement, there's also this kind of next theme that says, do not give up meeting together as some of the habit of doing. I love that. Because I think the first thing that we want to do is we want to run away to our own little hiding places. I'm reading, um, I'm reading through the Bible as part of my ordination, and, and I'm in this zone now um, looking at David's life. And, and David is constantly, in the beginning of his time uh, in leadership, he's constantly running. There's actually one scene in Scripture where, where Saul is on one side of the mountain and David is on the other. It, it seems like a cartoon to me as I think about it, but they're kind of running around the mountain and, you know, they never get each other. And I think as Christians, we want to run away. We want to go and hide sometimes when it's tough. Scripture here is very clear. Don't do that. You'll find strength together. Ecclesiastes, look at this. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, and there's not another to lift him up. Yeah, I think that oftentimes we, we are, are more... And, 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 you know, I recognize there's personality differences I recognize that there is introverted and extroverted people. I'm an introvert that's forced to be extroverted, you know, and then gets high on extroversion. You know, ooh, I love it. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. I do recognize there's personalities, but here's what we do as Christians when it gets tough. We're like, eh, I'm just going to kind of slink back. And even worse, and I've talked about this before, even worse, sometimes when we're in that seclusion, that's where we throw stones, and we get caught up in these little things that happen on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, online. Oh, boo, red cup from Starbucks. But here it's saying, no, don't go by yourself. You are going to be better with others. You'll find strength together, which is the next thought here. When we're encouraged and reminded that Jesus is Lord. When we're consistently together, then we become strong. Our hearts become healthy. Psalm 31, 24, be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. While you're an Advent people, focusing on that, you're going to become stronger, healthier. We're going to jump down a little bit in 10 there. We're going to go down to 32, and this is how it finishes. 
32 says, But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a harsh struggle with suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, sometimes being partnered with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourself had a better possession and abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Now listen to this. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come, and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed but of those who have faith and persevere their souls. We're not called to shrink back. We're not called to constantly be like this. We are called to be strong. We are called to endure pain and suffering and the little jabs. Hear hear me on this. The things that the world has thrown at us from boycotts to you know, picking on Christian organizations and companies, those are so small. They are. I don't know about you, but I've peeked at the back of the book, and we win. <laughs> but we only win because Christ brings us along. We don't need to shrink back. We do not need to run if we are encouraged after being reminded that Jesus is all that we need. If we stay committed in being in community together, we're going to find strength for our hearts and strength in numbers. And if we do not shrink back and we stay strong, I promise you people are going to sense that. I have a friend who does ministry uh, in the British Isles. Uh, he's mostly in Scotland. Uh, and he was ta- we were talking. He had us over to his house to kind of talk about his ministry. We had haggis. I love haggis, by the way. If you haven't had haggis, you're missing out. And if you had haggis, you probably don't like it. Um, <clears throat> but I just, the stories of a culture that is not Christian. We still live in a Christian culture, folks. It may not always feel that way. But they live in a culture where less than 10% of people go to church. And out of that less than 10%, we know how church can be sometimes. How many of them are truly in it for the right reason? And he tells the stories of how when people get it, when people realize this is who I am in Christ and this is what Christ has done and will do, he goes, they just walk around town different and people sense it. Their confidence is amazing because they're changed. Their life is no longer theirs. They don't shrink back. I think that for us to be Advent people, we have to do a couple things. We have to constantly remind ourselves of who Christ is. I love that this is a family Sunday. Because this is true for all of us, no matter how old or young we are. We have got to find ways to be reminded of Christ every day. Getting into the word, praying, worshiping, 
We've got to be reminded of that. We've got to make that not only just a habit. Sometimes I, I hate that word. I've got to have a habit of doing my quiet time or getting into prayer. I want it to be different than that. I want it to be a lifestyle. We need to learn how to have that lifestyle of being Advent people. Don't get me wrong. These folks in Hebrews, they woke up sometimes going, this is a heavy day. I don't know if, if the Caesar's guards are going to rush into my house and drag me out and feed me to lions. I don't know that. There, there are probably plenty of days where they knew that was going to happen. But it doesn't change what true joy is. It doesn't change it. In John chapter 14, it says this. Because if we look at 35 and 38, 38 in Hebrews, it talks about endurance. And it says this in John chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. Spoke a little bit about this already. If it were not so, I would not have told you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, and this is great, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. You see, Jesus doesn't just build a house for us and say, okay, you guys have that plot of land. I'm going to be over here in a choice spot. No, he says, come here. This, this is where I want you. See, the, this is my God, my Father, and you now are co-heirs with me at the right hand. This is our spot. This is where our house is. This is what we have to look forward to. There's lots of speculation of what heaven looks like from silly books to, you know, um, just wishful thinking. <laughs> but I think when I walk into heaven, you know, Scripture says that we build treasures in heaven. I think I'm going to walk right past whatever treasure was built for me because my true treasure is at the right hand of God. This. With Jesus going, we get to do this all the time now? You see, that's what Advent people should look like. They should be excited about getting into that position with their Father. And knowing that no matter what happens here, we have brothers and sisters around the world that are being killed for their faith, no matter what that looks like, even the most horrible, heinous crime against our brothers and sisters. Still, we win because we get to stand here with God. So I want to encourage you guys, and I'm going to have a shameless plug here in a second, but I want to encourage you guys to move into a place where you're reminded, you're encouraged, and you're in community. I want you to move into a place where you don't go from Christian high to Christian high, from Christian mountaintop to Christian mountaintop. You shouldn't go into some sort of weird doldrum until Easter Sunday. You shouldn't. You should wake up tomorrow like you woke up on, sun, on Christmas Day or Easter Sunday because the same thing is true on all those days. He came, he sacrificed himself for us, and he rose to prepare a place for us and he'll come again. So, where's my shameless plug? It's coming. Um, <clears throat> if you guys weren't here last week and you're wondering what you have in your hand, this is the new bulletin. And in our bulletin, uh, there's a couple things going on. On the first page, you'll see <clears throat> that we have Global Impact Week coming. 
Folks, we really want you to be encouraged by this. We really want you to be a part of this, getting to know what this church and other churches are doing around the world. This is encouragement. You know what we just talked about? This, would, this encourages me. I don't have the opportunity to go overseas and do some of the things, to go into the places where people don't ever get to hear about Jesus, have needs met. I'm encouraged by this. And I get to be in community with these folks while they're here. So we really want you guys to, to see that, hear that, know that that's coming around the corner in January. Uh, if you have more questions, feel free to ask, call the office. But that's one of those things that we can then look at and go, look what they're doing around the world. And then here's the deal. We get to encourage them too. They're going off to places where it's not always friendly. And we get to stoke the fires for them and be a part of that. So that's the first thing that's going on here. And then the rest of the bulletin on this next page is almost completely dedicated to groups and education. All the things are getting ready to start in our church in January. From ladies' studies to our TTP classes. Uh, if you're not familiar with those, um, those are our theology classes. The intro, the number one in that series is going to be offered in January. You have to go through that one before you can keep moving on. Um, I know it seems like common sense. You start with one. But yes, you have to do that. You'll understand later. The other ones are kind of uh, a little different. Uh, but theology program gives you an opportunity to step into that place where you can learn how to get in Scripture, where you can look at it and, and, and pull it apart and interpret it, study it, you're going to get tons of tools uh, that will make your time in Scripture so much better. And not only that, then it then gives you the opportunity and tools to apply it and share it. You'll also see in there <clears throat> um, a class that I'll be teaching, which is our World Religion uh, Survey class. Uh, that class is a little different. Um, we still want you to sign up for it, uh, but if you don't want to go, to a certain week, let's say you know all you need to know about Judaism. You can skip it. If you want to come to the one on Islam, because our culture is really faced with that, come to it. It's a wide open class. Um, but it's an opportunity for us to gather together to strengthen what we believe so that we're not going to shirk in the face of other beliefs and cultures and religions and then share that. And another piece that's not in here, and this is the one I'm, I'm so excited about for next semester. <clears throat> Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be pushing uh, for our community group ministry. Our community group ministries are ministries that happen in people's homes. They don't happen here. One of the ideas behind our community group ministry is taking church beyond Sunday. It's taking it out there. If you are not a part of a community group and would like to be, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to have some cards in the back that you'll be able to fill out. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And then what we'll be doing at the end of January is plugging you into groups. Um, some folks are already forming their groups. We have some leaders that are super excited to start new groups and, and get to know some of you. So if you don't already have a place where you're going as a community group, we'd love for you to jump into that. One of the ones I'm really excited about is our Young Marrieds group. Uh, if you're just freshly married or engaged to be married, 
we're going to have a, a community group that I think will be really encouraging to you. It'll be a lot of fun. Bruce and Jan Jones are going to lead that, and I think you're going to be uh, blessed in that time together. These are all ways, guys, that everything that's in here this week are all ways for us to find places where we can be reminded of who Christ is, we can be encouraged by meeting together consistently, and then we can be strong together. That's what Advent people look like. So as you walk out of here, I don't want anybody having after Christmas letdown. I want everybody to go, gosh, this is just the beginning. And it keeps going and going and going. Cool thing today, donuts. That's why y'all are here. That's why we had to put up extra rows in the back. I saw them back there and I was super stoked. Um, We want to have some time. We end early on this Sunday so we can have some time just to be in family, to be in community, to be with each other. So there are donuts in the back and and, uh, they're some of my favorites because they're Bueller's and there's cream sticks back there. As if we haven't had enough sweets, all right? All of us are going, I'm going to walk right out that door. I'm not going to look. I'm putting my blinders on. Give in to the peer pressure. Um, But we're going to just have some time now where we're going to gather together, hang out if you want, uh, take some time to to get to know some new faces maybe. If you are new with us today, in the bulletin there's a tear-off. We'd love to know that you visited with us. We're not going to spam you with junk mail and all that sort of stuff, but we will follow up and say, hey, do you have any questions? Is there anything that we can uh, bless you with? So uh, if you are new, uh, be sure to grab that off and and give it to one of the ushers or to me, uh, and we'll run with that. So let me pray for us. Father God, I pray that we'd be Advent people. I pray that we'd be people that wake up every day, that we face every moment full of true joy, no matter what fearful things are happening around us, but that we wake up with full joy knowing that you came, did what you said you would do, prepare a place for us now, and promise to come back. Lord, let us walk each day being people that are strengthened by that. Allow us to walk every day as people that don't look for mountaintop experiences, but look to find you in the real everyday life. Father, I pray for this family today. I pray for our time of fellowship. Again, we are so thankful for the gift of your son. In your dear son's name, amen.